0: Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling With Fetish, it is me, Sleeper Kid, once again, and today I am being joined uh, by, I don't even know how to describe her, she's uh, she's a little bit of everything, she's uh, becoming already quickly legendary in the pro circuit, uh, and also doing MMA, and just kicking ass all over the world, but um, more, most importantly, she's going to be working with us tomorrow, which I'm really excited about, uh, the lovely, the talented, the powerful Thunder Rosa.
1: What's up?
0: How are you doing, girl?
1: Here, your cat is biting me.
0: <laughs> Already?
1: Yes, I uh, think she's having a good time.
0: She wants chicken. There's no, <laughs> th- there's no chicken to be had. Um, i'm the chicken i know you are the chicken but uh we just uh had you come in a couple hours ago uh flew in from from your uh, from your state and we went out to get
1: some food and now we are gonna do this this thing this podcast yeah i'm excited i yeah. haven't i haven't talked about fetishes in a while mm-hmm. you know it's, it's something cool i used to live in the bay area so i know all about fetishes from out there
0: Oh, Jesus, Right.
1: Really? Yeah, it's pretty crazy out there.
0: We're going to jump into that. Uh, <laughs> you're already going for the fetishes. I was yeah. going to ease into it. I <laughs> no, Let's go bit. for okay. it. No, um, we, uh, we wanted to talk. Well, we'll start off with uh, what our fans are used to, which is we're going to kind of get into who you are. Like, mm-hmm. For people who don't know who you are, uh, you've been doing uh, pro for how long now?
1: Uh, I started volunteering in 2013, like July 2013 or something like that. I started training in uh, January 2014. You said volunteering. Yeah, I started volunteering in like different companies because mm-hmm. I wanted to learn the business before I got into it. Gotcha. It's always good to do your research, and if what the best way, than you know, practicing it before you get involved in anything that later you will regret. You know. Yeah. So um, I started traveling with my husband and a couple of the guys from the circuit in Northern California, and I got to know this guy. His name was Roland Alexander. And he was one of the owners of APW Hayward. So um, we'll ask him like a gazillion questions. And um, at that point, like, he was very open. He was an open book. But before, what I heard, it was like he was a piece of shit. Like, nobody liked him. Okay. Uh, but with us, he was always really, really nice. And then um, two months before he passed away, um, uh, I decided that I wanted to join his school. So I paid him the money in full. Then he passed away, and I lost all my money. Holy shit. Yeah. So... My and that was kind of out of his control. <laughs> well, I mean, if you would have, I mean, if you would have had like a legitimate business, like people would have been able to like continue the school. You know, everything would have been good. But he was using the money to cut up with all his debt. You know, and it was really very unfortunate that he passed away the way that he passed away, mm-hmm. and that you know everybody that was in the school pretty much lost the school. They got fucked. Yeah. Oh man, big time. So that made me realize that this business was going to be something very difficult and uh, no matter what I had to like do whatever it take to to that's, get on top.
0: That's been a common theme so far when it comes to pros uh, doing the podcast and just talking to them in general. It's, it's a very rocky road. It's, like a, it's not an easy path
1: to Mm-mm. take. No, it's not because you are like your formative years, like the first two or three years, is like literally you're like pumping money into something that you're not making any money. It's like having a hobby
0: you're throwing yourself, but unlike having a hobby, though, you're throwing yourself like to the wolves sometimes because there's people who are out there who might take advantage. And oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: there, there are some of those people, but I was very fortunate that um, I surrounded myself with uh, positive people, and um, I never really had to put myself in that situation. And even when it, it happened, um, I don't feel like it was like that bad. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so you got a little bit lucky there. Um, cause yeah, I've heard some horror stories of people, you know, coming up in the business in the first like year was just all kinds of people running shitty schools or programs or even like, you know, doing customs that were kind of like sketchy and stuff like
1: that. Oh yeah, always. Um, but I, I think, um, we as women have to do our research really well when we say yes to something. Yep. Um, and, um, and just have to take care of, so I mean, I've been in situations in where I'm like, uh, put in a, in a hard place. Because, like, one time I was, where was I, Indiana, and there was this uh, promoter. I'm really good friends with the promoter, but he has, a like, the person, the money person, right? Mm-hmm. So he rented a room for me and for another girl. And we're like, where's our room? Where's our room? And he comes in, and he's like, here, here's the keys. I'm coming in later on. Fuck. And I'm like, no, you're not coming to our room, man. Like, oh you are God. crazy. So I, I call my husband, and I'm like, hey, man, this motherfucker wants to, like, sleep with us. Like, mm-hmm. what's up? And he's like, no, get a room. Get your own room. And yeah, I, was, I said, for your own room. yeah. But basically, I lost half of my half of my payout right there, you know. So I was like, I'm not gonna let this situation happen unless I. First of all, I know the person. I feel comfortable sleeping in my room with another person. And then two, if we're friends, you know. But this person, I wasn't a friend, yeah. and I didn't feel comfortable with him being in our in our room. So yeah.
0: Well, just the uh, the fact that he tried to pull that shit, like that's. I was like, no. Yeah, already that's that's that's, that's, that's drops some many many points. All right, we're gonna get to all that. Jesus, you're jumping into the deep. Yeah,
1: I'm getting on this. I'm gonna try. That's okay. No, I like
0: it. (laughs) Usually, it takes a while for me to like crack someone open and talk. You're like, fuck it, let's talk about this one time. Yeah, I
1: have a couple (laughs) stories, but um, so all right. So
0: you've been doing pro for that long, um, and now you're you also done. You started to work for um, a couple of different custom companies in the in, in the past.
1: Yeah, I worked for New England Wrestling Federation. I think it's called. Okay. And if something, something, then um, I did uh, in Georgia. work with um, Dangerous Curves too. Mm. Um, I've worked with Santinos or Lucha Lucha Girls. Lucha Girls from Santinos, and then I didn't. I think I did one in North Carolina or I'm gonna say Nashville. I don't remember the name of the company. Um, I work with Lexi with Slamming Ladies um yeah, she's been doing it for a while forever and i think that's pretty much it like i i don't feel like there's been a a lot of um interest for me to be a custom girl
0: that's so crazy which is like when I, I announced that you were coming here i got fucking like 200 emails yeah people were just like really she's gonna be there holy shit i can't you know so we actually we actually had to turn away many customers so next time like hopefully we'll get you back uh, but i've got people who are like on a waiting list for you so.
1: yeah so it's like i don't i at first I was it's usually your typical they like the in costumes like what i 've seen is they, they like your typical blonde girl with nice boobs you know um like american looking girl mm. it's very interesting um and um like santana Garrett was really pop, very popular in the costumes uh Barbie hating was really, really popular in yeah. costumes she 's not doing them anymore, and I remember like them too they would be making like Fifteen twenty customs in two days. Jeez, it was nuts.
0: So you're you're right about that. There is like my wife, obviously you know Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets a lot of requests for uh, girls who look kind of classic, like classic Hollywood. Yeah. So you're right, like the pinup style, like no tattoos, blonde hair you know like no no heavy like uh, no goth kind of looks yes. no alternative looks yes um but what we do at SKW is like we just go like fuck it we're going to have every kind of looking girl here and they're all going to be badass and so we we cultivated that over the last you know almost 20 years and now when people see you know folks that aren't you know, pin-up style Hollywood girls, they just go like, hey, can she come work for you? Because she's going to be badass if she sells this, this, or that. So I think that's what clicked. I think people were like, here's this badass Latina pro wrestler who can fly, she can bump, she can sell, and I really want her to work with one of my favorite producers, which is, I'm hoping it's me, Uh, but um, that's, I think, that's why I think all those custom requests started to flow in, and I had to, like, turn away people so that... That makes me feel better. I mean, it fucking seriously, I had to turn away at least like 20 people. Wow. So it's wow.
1: good. Thank you, guys. It's
0: really good. Uh, so if we get you back, I will get you guys, uh, I will look to your emails and scripts and we'll see if we can make them work out. But uh, just stay on that list and we'll.
1: Yeah, we'll send some cool stuff. I want to try new, like, uh, what is it? Like, those action films. Action films. <laughs>
0: I just showed her clips from like. I time. loved it. I, that's, <laughs> I
1: really want to do something like that. That's really cool. I've only done it once when I was in Mucha Underground. And it was for Cobra Moon. It was like my entrance for Cobra Moon, like the, mm. the video package. So I got to do stunts. I was kicking the crap out of the poor guy. He was like, dude, my chins hurt. I was like, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I promise I'm not going to kick anybody in it for real.
0: I, I feel like I love wrestling, but I feel like doing the stunt stuff is so fun. Like, it is fun. So, like, you get to really. like, I feel like when you're wrestling, you're more playing yourself. Yes. Always when you're doing stunts and you're playing a different character, you get to step out of your own life. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an escape. It's almost like playing a video game, except you get to get in there and actually punch yes. instead of pressing buttons and stuff like that. Um, okay. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So we now know, for people who don't know who you are, that you have done pro, you have done custom work, and now you're dipping your toe, or you have been dipping your toes into MMA. Yes. And when did that start?
1: Ah, uh, Jesus. Not too long ago. Mm. I wish I would have started like maybe three, four years ago, so my fight would have been much better than it was. I mean, I lasted the three rounds. I didn't get submitted KO'd or TKO'd. Which mm. was my, you was know, my goal. But um, I started training in June, the end of June of this year. Oh, okay. So um, I, I was doing jiu-jitsu on and off for about two years. But um, okay. MMA, full contact, everything, June of this year. Shit. So and yeah, that, it's pretty recent. It's pretty recent. So okay. I poured everything I had, and and then, in the training, and mm-hmm. how many and matches everything. have you had? I just had one, and I went full pro. Like I didn't even do amateur or nothing. I was like, all right, let's go do pro. How I, hard? I, how hard is it gonna so be? So I didn't catch it. So how did it go? It went okay. I should. I think I should have been more aggressive. Uh, I got cut in my face the second round with an elbow Shit. as I was trying to like escape. But my one of my arms was cut, and then I was holding the other one. So I was like, as as I was turning, she turned, give me the elbow. I didn't even feel anything, and then the it, we had like 15 seconds left on the on the.
0: Well, did they stop the fight?
1: No, oh, no okay. they they won't stop the fight because it was just a cut. I was just blood was start gushing like like I, I mean, gagged. It was crazy. had like No
0: idea like if they would just stop. Yeah,
1: they point. they no, they won't stop unless you have another one or gets worse. Uh, and then they came and cleaned it up a little bit. And then the last, the last one, I just kept bleeding like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I will say like, you feel so close to God. Like I never felt so close <laughs> to God. <laughs> it's like, it's like a blur. Like I, I, I remember, I don't know what it is. I remember they closed the door of the haula and I was just like, oh shit, this is this it. No. If I don't fucking protect myself, I'm going to get DKO, would And that was my thing. And she was like, she had seven inches like, of reach over me. Oh, shit. She was tall as hell. She looked like an Amazon. Um,
0: so what is it about that particular kind of fight that made you feel closer to God? Was it because... Because um, you
1: know that any in any moment, you either can, can get cut or can get like choked or can mm-hmm. get KO'd. And then you're just like, oh, I'm back. You know? It's like... It's so dangerous.
0: It's interesting because it, it brings you back to a more primal. Yes, state. very,
1: very primal state. Yeah. Because
0: I'm sure at that time you weren't thinking about taxes. Or-
1: I was not. I was just thinking about finishing this damn fight <laughs> and not get KO'd or kicked in the face. You're not thinking about rent? Nope. I know that if I even <laughs> stepping in, I know I would have money for my rent. So I wasn't <laughs> worry about it. Um, but it was really cool. I, I had a lot of support from my for my loyal fans, friends, mm-hmm. family that I have in San Antonio, and and that meant to me more than anything. Like it, it was really like a, a rocky moment afterwards, you know. What
0: was the recovery after that? Was it man?
1: Well, cause I was cut, I had to wait a week for it to like heal, mm-hmm. and then um, I thought I'm superwoman. I had a wrestling match a week after. Oh jeez. And that was it. Was a big mistake. I uh, I got a... A nagging injury now from that, oh, and um, it stopped my training, and I have not been able to go back to training like, like full force. In the last we were talking weeks. about that, yeah. I think
0: earlier where we were just like, man, just one little, one little thing, a little fuck up, and yeah. Then suddenly it's, you're it's
1: very down. dangerous. Like pro wrestling, I love pro wrestling, but pro wrestling don't love people's bodies. Like it's very dangerous, and the more that you do it, the more you feel it. And was because I was out for so long, um, mm. um. Like, you feel the bumps even more. Like, I took six, six, between five and six weeks off from wrestling to prepare for my fight completely. Yeah. And it was, it, it, I can feel it every time I take big bumps. It's, it's rough. And imagine. So, I had six months, right, to train, like, fully committed to training. I got a diet. I have to, like, lose weight. I have to, like, learn st- the strike. Mm-hmm. I have to learn the the psychology of fighting because it's completely different than the psychology of yeah. having a match. Mm-hmm. You know, so... um so I'm, like, reading books. I'm, like, reading how to strike better. I'm trying to, like, go to the gym. I'm trying to be a mom. I'm trying to be a wife. I'm trying to, like, be a pro wrestler, you know, so, so hard. And I was traveling all the time, too. So I never, I never really had time to, like, okay, let me let my body recover from everything. It was just, like, okay, I train Monday to, Wednesday, to Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday travel until Monday. And then I'll come back dead, and then I have to go and train for, like, yeah. four or five hours. Like, it's, it was very rough. And the fact that I was able to perform, how I perform, I mean, like I said, I wish I would have been more aggressive and I would have scored more, but I did pretty well for my first fight.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you have anything uh, coming up, or are you still just no? I'm, I think I'm
1: gonna slow it down a little bit for for the fighting, in fighting wise, because my training, no, my training, my my traveling is so crazy in the next couple months. Uh, for wrestling and it's either i focus on training and i don't wrestle and i just wrestle like for the nwa or i take all these other bookings Mm -hmm. and then wrestle for the nwa and then train for uh, for a fight so i was like it is what it is this month i have to focus on wrestling Mm -hmm. then i'm home for two weeks i'm gonna go and train my butt off then i leave to japan for two weeks, and I'm gonna train in Japan. I found a dojo and everything. So, like, every time I'm traveling, I have to find gyms where I can go and train. And what's
0: going on in Japan?
1: I go for a tour with Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling.
0: Gotcha, okay. Yeah.
1: So, they're gonna be using me, knock on wood, uh, for three tours up this upcoming year, which is big, you know. Um, uh, they really appreciate my work. They I'd actually, the owner came on the last tour that I was there, and he said I was one of the best workers he is, he's had. In. In the show
0: I, I mean I've seen Some of your matches I've had people Who send me your matches And they'll be like Hey have you seen her do this I know she's coming To your house Check this out I'm just like Fuck And so like I've seen your work And you really Like I felt For the I mean I I felt something That I haven't felt In a long time
1: mm-hmm.
0: I felt intimidated because <laughs> when I usually work with a new model or a new wrestler, yeah. uh they turn to what I'm directing and they're like, Oh, let me learn from you. And like now I feel like we can learn from each other.
1: Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like that's a great symbiotic relationship to have when you're shooting. But then again, I haven't shot you yet, so we're gonna see how it goes. I have a feeling we're gonna get along fantastically, but like I'm real I really felt like watching you it was kinda like when I watched Jordan Grace work for the first time and I, uh, people like like even having Kong visit, you know, I was just like this is like a presence, like somebody who really knows what they're doing, but on top of that, you have a passion for it and you have drive and you have skill and you have energy and you have like, I mean, the, the, the itinerary you just described is making me freak out like from anxiety. No,
1: I'm like, to tell you a story. So I had, I took it anxiety. So last tapings for Wow, I was already on my fight camp. That was like the two weeks before, mm-hmm. two, no, two weeks after I started I came in and my tag team partner, uh, Holly Dad, she saw me crumbling in the room. She's like, is something okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I am freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no training. I don't want to be here. I want to be training. I'm going to get my ass beat in my fight, you know. Like, none, none of these girls understand what I'm going through mm-hmm. because, you know, the time that I've been just sitting here not doing nothing, I could be using it by training, you know. And she's like, you need to come down. You need to rest. And this is like, bear in mind, I haven't slept in like five days. Because I've been traveling, to doing wrestling. That week alone, I had 12 matches. Jesus Christ. 12 pro matches. Fuck. It was crazy.
0: So you were, yeah, you were running yourself ragged.
1: Yes, it was absolutely insane. I remember, too, like, one time, it was, like, the first month that I started training. And I was going, like, every day. Uh, they initiated me, the Shark tank, right? They beat the Everything of me, like they beat the crap out of me, like my, I couldn't oh, you move can my say legs. Fuck. <laughs> they like they hit my legs because they were like yeah, getting me ready, and they were just mm. kicking me, kicking me, kicking me. So I couldn't move my leg for two days. Right, Shh. the next day I had to go to Canada for a show, so I was limping so bad, and I had to do this rest, this like lucha style match. I can barely run. <laughs> Hey, you know what? As soon as that, my music hit, it was like nothing was hurting. Adrenaline. After it was over, I can tell you I was like dead. Then the next, it was a, I came back on Sunday. I had another match right after I got off the, the plane. Monday, I was supposed to training. That was my birthday. I crashed. I got, my body was like, mm-hmm. no, you're not getting out. And it was like constantly, like every other month, I was getting like that. Exhausting. That's how tired how That's I was. That's straight up exhaustion. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Whew.
0: That's brutal. That's fucking like, like I said, once again, you have that intensity, you have that drive, but sometimes that's it's a double edged sword, man.
1: It is. Fuck and you up. and then now after my fight I like, am like, okay, I'm gonna take some time off. Is like it's just been really hard because I was so used to being on that mode, on that like fight mode and like on go 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 and like my body's like, No, like you, you can't. It's is too yeah. much. It's my body and my mind too. you
0: gonna burn yourself. And, yeah, up.
1: it takes it takes a long to recover now.
0: And you're not, I mean, you're not following one discipline. You're not just running MMA. You're not just running stunt. You're not running, like, uh, customs constantly. I mean, you're running four different kinds of things at the same time. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot for an engine to, to handle Then Yeah. It's crazy. You're, you're fucking insane. I am. <laughs> Get out of my house.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, okay. So now you know who Thunder is. If you don't, then, you know, turn off your podcast and go listen to something weak. Um So let's talk about the beginnings of it all. Because I I feel like you probably, as a child, were
1: competitive. No. No? I was not a... Well, I was competitive, but it wasn't like in sports. Because I was not allowed to play sports.
0: Okay, so you were born in Mexico. Yeah, I was
1: born and raised in Tijuana. Uh. I'm the middle child. Mm -hmm. I'm the boy of the house. Okay. I mean, I always play sports with my friends outside. And I was... Yes, I was competitive with them. But um, what my competition mainly came was in academics. I was very, very big on being number one or number two in the class. I always wanted to be number one. Mm-hmm. My parents never really asked for me to be like that, but I always wanted to stand out. I wanted to be the teachers to know my name. I wanted the kids to know my name. Gotcha. And I was the most hated in middle school.
0: Did you get bullied at all?
1: Oh, All the time. Oh, man. I used to get punched. I used to get like tossed around. Like, it was bad. It was bad. There were days that... Um,
0: this is the beginning of the movie. <laughs> we did a but Thunder Rosa movie. <laughs> Just
1: getting pungent. You're ugly. Like guys used to say me that I was super ugly that I had no body. Because like, you, you were smarter than them? I guess. And my head was too big. What else? What they used they a say? bunch of assholes. Man, these are, them are kind of, a bunch of shit. And they had me uh, give me nicknames. Like I was a surfboard. There was nothing in the front nothing in the back which is a total lie. You always had not a even, big that's ass. Not,
0: that's, not even, that's not even funny.
1: No. Like they were brutal, <laughs> man. But it's like Back then it was it was it what twenty years ago? Like you get bullied like that. And, I mean it's not it wasn't okay, but you know that's to build character. I mean and we've I, all
0: we've all got. I mean the good people I think in life have had some bullying.
1: Yeah, and I think that built my character to like be like okay, well yeah, I have all these um, shortcomings in my life, but somebody's gonna love me for who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what you say, you know. And I mean it happened, but you know I really affected with my affected my self esteem. As I grew up and like with the people I started like involving myself with and stuff like that, Um, I think that's very important for like young women to have like strong female role models so they know who to look up to, you know. And um, I feel like, I mean, I wasn't very open with my mom, but my mom also like had a lot of like self esteem issues, so. Um, was it a very religious family? Or? It was weird. My mom was a Jehovah's Witness and my dad was Catholic.
0: Jehovah's Witness in Mexico? Yes,
1: man. Hey, I used to go and, and I didn't know that we was. used to go and knock on people's doors every Saturday morning. I remember my mom had me; I was like five, and I had my sister, and she was carrying my sister, and we'll be like spreading the word of God. You know, it was that was that was a trip. And then my dad used to get so mad and be like, "Don't be having them do that," blah blah blah. And then we used to have um. Uh, Bible Bible class in our house Like I was very knowledgeable Of the Bible When I was little Because mm-hmm. I used to read the Bible And they used to come to my My house for an hour An hour or two They'll sit in the living room we we'll, like They make me read their books You read the books Of the chapter That we're supposed to And we'll discuss it mm-hmm. And then We'll read And then we'll go on the On the I actually enjoy that because it, like I said it was scholastic it's sc- very scholastic yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. and I really enjoy learning and I really enjoy the fact that I had like a teacher mm-hmm. like let's discuss this like it's just like your critical thinking like abilities
0: yeah that doesn't change I mean build. It, it doesn't matter what, We're built. whether you're studying science or the Bible you're gonna always have that part of you that wants to learn and you. I
1: knew I knew verses and everything don't ask me now because I don't know <laughs> I don't know. My I'm name. not
0: going to ask you to recite, but um, not on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed it when I was little. I'm not going to lie. And then um, there was a conflict. I remember when I was like nine or ten. My mom didn't want me to do my com- my first communion, and my dad was like really wanted me to do it. So he will send me with my aunt, who's like a super Catholic religious person. So
0: wait, so okay, so but your father was Catholic. Yes. So that first communion, I did it too. So that was Catholic. not the first
1: communion. Is. First confirmation.
0: Confirmation. Confirmation. Yeah. Okay. So that, but that was that was on your dad's side. Right? Yes. Okay. So first communion
1: did, is when it. No, that's baptism.
0: Baptism is with your baby.
1: The communion. Yeah. The, the first
0: communion. communion is here's your first cracker.
1: Yeah, that they never let me do that. Okay. Wow. How did your mom and dad make it work? They did. I mean, they're still together right <laughs> that's now. That's You know, but um, yeah, it was rough. It was it was rough. But that later, my mom. Decided that it wasn't good for us to, like, for them to shove us religion. Mm-hmm. So they allow us to pick and choose what we want to do. That's nice. And everybody, like, nah, it's not attending church anymore. <laughs> no. I mean, right. I I did attend it a couple of times, but it was just like...
0: I do it as a favor to my mother sometimes. Like, she'll... she'll you go to Mass? Once a year. Like, my mom really wants me to be there. Because she feels like if you don't go to Mass, then you're, you know... You're but I mean, I'm guy. not
1: gonna lie. Like some of those, some of the pretty happy times is when um, I was either involved in um, in a religious activity. My cousin, my aunt used to take us to like Christian Christian school, and and we built that. Just the fact that you build community and you, you meet new yeah. people, and, and they become like family. That was really cool. I thought.
0: But that's one of the things. I mean, I don't I don't dis on religion uh, entirely. I think there's a lot of things about religion that are absolutely beautiful, and um, they. It's a lot of good that comes from it, but there's also a lot of bad. But uh, but no, when I grew up, um, the feeling of community was great. Like I used to go to uh, yeah to a, a giant. It wasn't even a church. It was um I don't know what they called it. It was like um it was a place where people just met and had mass. But it wasn't a church. It was like a huge building. Yeah, and you would go and you would help people. with if you, if they didn't have money, you would contribute to particular people's funds, and you can like feed them and bring food. And it was like a very there was a dinner after every mass so it was very much like hey help your brother help your sister it wasn't about like hey god hates this god yeah. hates that it was more about the positivity so i did enjoy that but just like you after i was you know let out of the gate i was just like i'm not going to mass anymore like yeah. i feel like if i'm going to get a connection to god um it's not going to be through a building where i just sit there and listen to some boring shit every you know for an yes. hour every morning
1: and um, i think i think having like great pastors or great great um uh priests make a difference in the church you mm-hmm. know and i think that's when i wanted to come back to like some of the services yeah you know when I, which i mean now i have a stepson and i told him like if he wants to go to church like he's more than welcome i can take him when i'm home <laughs> but um i'm not gonna force him to do it because i want him to to understand Figure it it out on his own. yeah because it's good and evil no matter where you go but yep. you don't have to put like a face on it Ugh.
0: All right. That could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. You and I, yeah, there's, there's some shit that I think about every day yeah. and I'm just like, Oh, but
1: gosh. I, I mean, I definitely believe in God. I'm not going to lie in, uh, mm-hmm. in a higher power and I believe in destiny. And I think, um, if, I don't know, if I didn't believe in that, I, I wouldn't be so blessed right mm-hmm. now in my life.
0: I, I have a, I have an inkling of that too. I feel like things are happening, but I don't know if it's just my privilege. It's like things are going well for me. So I'm like, Oh, things are happening that, that are good for me, so they must be happening for a reason uh, when it comes to the stuff that's hard is when you have to like really apply that you know? yeah but uh, but anyway that's that's a whole other podcast uh, but that is yeah, you and I definitely agree on a lot of that um, okay, so now you guys know who thunder is, so let's um well, we did that earlier, but like okay, so you're your kid now you're you're coming up in Mexico, but um contrary to popular belief. Uh, or at least my own. Like you did not do wrestling when you were in Mexico. No,
1: I didn't. I was. It was not in my mind. It was not even on the future. It was not reading in the stars. It what was, was just, your? What I was wanted it? to be a teacher. I wanted um, to go to uh, La Universidad de Baja California. Mm-hmm. La. It was an autonomous university of Baja California, and um, or come to the United States and study in the United States. Okay. I didn't care about the school. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to come to the United States. Yeah. That was like. Goal number one in life
0: what was it about the states that drew you
1: the opportunity to become whoever you want to mm-hmm. that was it like I've seen my cousins and I seen my, my godmother rest in peace uh, she was a prime example of what the American dream is
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know she um, she was married with my godfather my godfather uh, used to drink a lot so he t- she took all the kids to the United States not legally, but that was back then when they offered the um Reagan offer asylum mm-hmm. to people that were undocumented, so they got their documents after that, sure, and all of them had careers, like all my aunts and uncles have careers, and they became very successful people, as well as my godmother. They That's became right. really successful people and um and she taught me a lot about life, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, if they were able to make it, I know I can make it too mm-hmm. so um she was like, "Yeah, when you come to the United States, you can go to school for free, you can do this, you can do that." And I was like, man, I can go to school for free and that will be mm-hmm. super dope. You know, because I was like, I was kind of afraid that I wasn't going to make it to high school because I had to pay for it. You have to take tests. It's very difficult to, like, obtain your education in Mexico if you don't have the resources or you are not in the right spot, you know, because that's how the system is. Yeah. And um, like I said, I always did really well in school. And uh, when the opportunity came, my 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 dad and my mom applied for our papers and, they gave us a special visa, and by the time I was 17, I was living in the United States with no English, no background of the country or nothing, just with the hope that I was going to make it because I'm I'm smart. I'm book smart. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah. My, mother, <laughs> my, my mom brought me here uh, seeking asylum as well, so we went through the same kind of path. Um, it took me like 10 years to get naturalized as a citizen, I think.
1: It took me twenty because i took the I took my sweet old time <laughs> after I got my green card, but um yeah, like I cannot tell you like when people are hating on United States, yeah, we have a lot of issues and oh, yeah. and yes the, the we're not perfect, but in my personal opinion, this is one of the best countries in the world like, the
0: fact that we're doing this podcast right now together yeah. is is you know that's that's evidence of that the fact that we can that you and I are working our own fucking jobs and doing what we love for, you know, for a living and and we have fans who care about this kind of stuff. Like it's, yeah, it's a great country. I love this country and that's why I really fight for it when I've gotten accused of being political on my Twitter and I'm just like, I love this country so much that I'm willing to fight for it against the people who would tarnish it, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's, I think, where you and I both stand. Uh, Okay, so let's let's scoot forward to you coming to the States and what was it that attracted you to the world of wrestling? Um... Because for every story that I've ever heard has always been like, oh, I was 13, or I was 12, or no, no. I was 14. I was really, like 26. You were like 26.
1: 25, we, 26. But yeah. before, before I get to that, my husband, when I met my husband, ah. he was a big, big WWE fan, and he loved The Rock and Stone Cold. Um, so when we were Did you living, watch any of it when you were a kid at all? You know what? It's so funny because I used to see it in the background. It was huge in Mexico. It was. I mean, I did watch a little bit and I know, like, typical Octagon, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? Blue Demon. Oh, of course. Uh, El Santo, because they were on TV on playing, uh, playing the heroes on those movies, you mm-hmm. know? And that is part of our culture. Like, yeah. every Sunday you would see El Santo versus Las Momias, Blue Demon versus the Vampires, and, you that's, know? That's, that's, yeah, that's one. That's our bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, That was cool, but it wasn't like, I will watch like Triple A every Sunday and be like, you got to take me to like watch a show. It was
0: just in the background. Yeah.
1: I did went to see a show when I was 18 in Mexico. Oh, cool. And I thought it was really funny because like I got super belligerent. But then when I got serious about (laughs) going to shows was uh, with my husband. We used to go out. This is fast forwarding like after I graduated from college. I'm not living with my parents. I'm living in Oakland, California. And every first... Uh, Friday of the month, there was a show called um, Hood Slam. Mm-hmm. And I used to go and watch that show with my husband. And um, we truly thoroughly enjoy it because you were, could be so belligerent and get messed up, and, and everybody gets messed up and they just want to watch. They just want to be entertained. So mm-hmm. um, we were just going to those shows. And then one of my friends from work, Donovan Troy, he was like, You should come to APW and watch this show. And I was like, All right. So we didn't have a car, so we had to. We walked like two miles to watch this show <laughs> from bar to there and then back.
0: Holy shit. It was kind of
1: far. Because in the Bay Area, you don't need to have a car. So we don't have a car for forever. Mm-hmm. So we went out there. We sat there. And then we're watching the show. And we're like, and I looked up like, oh, damn, these guys are like super athletic. Mm-hmm. This wrestling is super good, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's an announcement saying, oh, tomorrow we have a APW tryout. You need only need $50 and a dream. Come and show up, right? And mm. I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not paying attention to it. My husband is like, you should just call in to work and just come and do this thing. And I'm like, you crazy? Like, I haven't exercised in forever. No, I think you got it. Just, just go do it. Just go in sick. And I was like, all right. I pay my $50 and I call in sick. Showed up at 8 in the morning. We had this tryout for five hours. Like, we run three miles at the beginning and we did so many squats. I Jesus never done that many squats Christ. in my life. We probably did like 5,000 squats. And then in um, and, and the moment of truth when we're bumping, they had us bumping, oh, it was horrible. Um, I got fifth place. Mm. There was three girls though. So the other girl, I think she got sixth, seventh place, like fifth place and then the one younger than I did had second place. And I was like, "All right, I think this is cool." And then when I went home, my husband's like, "How do you go?" I got fifth place. I mean, it was pretty good. Everybody else is younger than I am, you know. But I think I'm gonna start training like in the gym because I don't think I yeah. could get in the ring like this. It's, the ring is sacred. You should look like a, you should look like a professional athlete, not like somebody that just came out of the, mm-hmm. the, the flea market, you know. So, um, so I started getting in shape. He started getting in shape with me. I lost like 20 pounds. He lost like. Hundred pounds. Nice. And um, and that's when I started training in July. No, July. Sorry, I'm lying. January 2014. And um, and he was like in super good shape, and I was I was like one of the fastest ones in the class. Like I will never let the guys like beat me. Mm -hmm. That's when I became super drooper competitive.
0: So something just clicked in your brain. Yeah,
1: because I knew that. First of all, I don't have the strength because all the guys were all of them are men. I didn't have the hops. I didn't have anything. But if I could be faster than everybody and not give up, that's gonna like give me brownie points.
0: Do you feel like that connected with that part of your brain, or even like that part of your your youth, where you felt like I have to be really good at this?
1: Oh yeah, because I have no time to waste. Because now. at
0: this point with wrestling, there's no book smarts.
1: No, I mean you, don't, it,
0: you don't, they don't give you homework. It's like no,
1: but you have to if you want to move forward and if you want to be the best, you have to train like the best. You have mm-hmm. to look the best. You yeah. have to um portray that you are the best mm-hmm. even though you don't know shit about shit you know so um that was my thing i was like i'm just gonna make sure that i look completely different and my looks completely different and that i look in shape or i look the part all the time mm-hmm. no matter what time of the year it is and um and for me yeah like i like said it became really competitive because the spots in um in shows are very few you only have one or two matches for women Mm-hmm. And back then it was what six years ago. There was not a lot of spaces still for women. There's, I mean, it was growing, but not as fast as yeah, it, it, was it is still
0: now. In like midpoint.
1: So um, yeah, I was always. You can ask everybody in in the gold mine, and they can tell you, like, man, she was crazy, because I was insane. I was working out like four hours a day all the time, dieting hard and everything.
0: I mean, that's great. I mean I, it's hard but it's great like I this, it's the things that make you you know the best or at least you know to quote macho man but like the cream of the crop it's like fuck when you look at these people who work this shit you're like these are the people who really put the time into it and the work and the emotional you know strife that comes with, with yeah training. and
1: sacrifices I think sacrifices is one of the things that is yeah not talked as much as like oh yeah I'll go to the gym all the time like you got to sacrifice Oh no, it is actually talked about. Um, You've got to sacrifice so much, like birthdays, anniversaries, uh, deaths of people, you know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, yeah, not going to funerals. Um, I mean, sleep, work, uh, money. It's like so many other things, you know, mm. that, that they go into the business that people would think, like, yeah, I have a dream, I want to be the best, and, and I want to be in WWE. Well, it's going to take you money. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take you a lot of sacrifice. And it's going to take you like a lot of stuff that you might think you don't have to do and you have to do. Unless oh, you're second generation. Yeah. You know? And even then, sometimes I feel like second generation um, wrestlers, they some of them are struggle
0: mm-hmm. to
1: get to, you know, WWE and stuff like that.
0: Well, they also struggle to get respect because everyone just thinks that they just got grandfathered in.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in reality, mm-hmm. they kind of do.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So now they now they're in there. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna keep yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna be a joke?
1: Yes, and um, but that's again. You they have to like, they have to stay with the program, you yeah. know, because there's another hungry girl or hungry boy that is ready to take your spot, and that's what you like right behind you. Yeah, that's what you always have to think about, and that's the same with MMA. There's always somebody hungrier than you that wants to take your spot.
0: Yeah, that's ooh. That world is like alien to me. I I, I feel like. With pro, I feel like there's like a middle ground where you can be like, all right, there's like almost a show business part of act, of it that's but when you're dealing with MMA where someone's mm-hmm. wanting to like hurt you to, to you know, I mean, I, they don't want to like obviously put you in the hospital, but it's a, it's a brutal sport. So it is, like, it yeah. is a brutal sport. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: the beauty of MMA is that, yeah, indeed, if you don't like somebody, you will beat the crap out of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you <laughs> can kind of get away with that yes. a little bit yes. in pro, but. Yes,
1: but, well, well, that too, but. Yeah. But that's like... That's, a, that's another podcast.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I talked to Lainey about it, too. It's just like, hey, someone just hit you in the fucking ring a little too hard. Well, you fucking check them. And if they do it again, then you check them even
1: harder. You know what? I I don't like to do that Um, in a way. Sometimes I do, but sometimes i <laughs> I just don't. I'm just stiff. Well, no, you
0: don't like the general... Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't... Because it's like... Do you, you don't work ha-
0: stiffer than most? Or? I do work very oh, stiff.
1: Okay. You can ask uh, Faye Jackson. Or <laughs> 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 Faye, put her in a... On an ankle lock, and I didn't realize I was like shooting it for real. Oh no! <laughs> and she was running to the ropes, and I'm like, Nah, it's not the time. She's like, <laughs> not the time." You know, I'm like, but I mean, I think like the the culture is changing too mm. in terms of like being too violent in the ring or like taking advantages in the ring, yeah. As as it, uh, how it was seventy, fifty years, forty years, you know. um... I, I think it's, it's changing. I, at least I want to think it's changing. I, I personally, like I said, I don't like to take advantages in the ring. Mm-hmm. People say, like, man, you like her hard. I'm like, yeah, but I, that's my style. Like, I, I was trained like that from Northern California. In Northern California, they're well known for being stiff as fuck. Mm-hmm. You can ask anybody in California. And then I went to Japan, and a lot of my formative months of training were in Japan, and where the girls would not take it lightly on me.
0: Oh, so they work stiff up there, too.
1: Extremely stiff. Holy shit! Yes, yes. They I thought it would
0: be the other way around. No, I mean. Actually, that's... no, no. Now that I think about some of the shows that I've watched recently, I take that back. The
1: some of the companies, the Stardom when I worked there, they were pretty stiff. Uh, Tokyo <sighs> Joshi, they're not. So that funny
0: because some of those girls, some of their girls are so they look like little, little flowers, and yeah, they fucking no flowers they, they will the, kick you crazy. in the fucking face. Yeah, yeah. Oh Holy yeah. Holy shit! Yes,
1: but um, um. What was what was the original question? <laughs> What's your favorite diet soda? What was it? What was it? Oh, no. was a Diet Coke? And <laughs> no, I was like, "What was your original question?" <laughs> You're like, yeah. "My father." My, yeah.
0: No, no, uh, no. That's actually a perfect uh, answer to whatever the question was. Um, but uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so let's get into uh, the meat of it. So now we're we're gonna uh, obviously you've done pro. Mm-hmm. You started to do customs. Um, what called you to customs? Was it was like a money thing or was it? It more was. Like,
1: it definitely was a money thing. It wasn't <laughs> like all right. Let me go into customs because no, it was passion for it. No, it was a money thing. And then when I did them, I was like, man, this is really fun. Yeah, I think it was. I want to say uh, New England, people wrestling. I, ne- think, ne- that's N-E-F-W, I think that's right? it. N E F W, right? Yeah. Um, I actually know that guy. Yeah, he's like super chill he's really cool super chill and um we worked really really well and I I really enjoy I really enjoy doing all that stuff and then when I did Lucha Girls we were doing some stupid costumes and I was laughing having fun you know just like feeling myself, uh, because you can practice a bunch of moves. I was practicing a bunch of moves that I didn't get to practice on, on other people on yeah. regular uh, matches. You get
0: to you get to actually take your time.
1: Yes, and um, they were easy. They were really really easy. And I was like, man, I, I wish I could do more customs like every every other month. But I wasn't very popular back then. But um, oh, we're gonna change that. We're gonna change that. And we're I have a lot of really naughty requests for, from. From um, my fans asking me for all kinds of costumes, you, you dirty, know, dirty, dirty bastards, dirty birds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm very nice. I usually answer to all the fans and either say no, I don't do that kind of stuff, sorry, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, just be honest, you know. And I know that some people get very offended and they put them on blast. The only time that I put them on blast is when they say that they want to do something to my vagina. Then I put them on blast. I think it's just... I don't want to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very open. I mean, my calendars are very sexy. I sell really sexy pictures. Um, I understand that uh, there's a lot of... W- women can do a lot of money in this business because of the fact that we're women. And because of our sen- sensuality. I don't want to say sexuality, but sensuality. Sensuality is, sensuality is, is yeah. the word. Um, and I always said that um that 's an advantage That's we as women we have we we can sell, we can sell our our um our image
0: it 's an advantage yes and I think that that's I was talking to a friend uh yesterday who we were actually watching i think we were watching like a, uh, we we're talking about comic books and we 're talking about the character of harley Quinn mm-hmm. and she mentioned like you know a girl walking around like the the fantasy of harley Quinn is like here 's this badass girl. Who's wearing like, almost like lingerie? She's mm-hmm. got a bat. She's just beating the shit out of people, and like a guy walks up to her and grabs her ass, and she just turns around, and like fucking, you know, breaks mm-hmm. his arm. But it's this idea of like, yes, I'm wearing this and it makes me look sexy, but I'm doing this for me. I'm doing not, not doing this for you. But if you happen to enjoy it, that's great. Well, it. I'm reading this book about
1: Mildred Mildred Burke was mm-hmm. one of the oh she's yeah the, first, the first female, female yeah, fema- yeah. first female wrestler that earned the NWA championship, and she started her own costumes uh, mm-hmm. business back in the '60s. Yes, back in the '60s, and that what that's what kept her on on float and living the life that she was living in back when she was a wrestler. But to my point is that. Uh, Back then, in the 1940s, when she was doing that, she was doing pinups. She was, uh, you know, she was showing off her muscles. She was showing off her athleticism. And her beauty. Pe- and her beauty. And people yeah. were very receptive to it because they don't get to see women like that. You know, mm-hmm. This is in the back, back then when there was like old carny stuff. You know. Yeah. And I was reading that paragraph in a specific, and it was highlighted by whoever bought this book before I, I read this book. And it was just like she knew what she got. And she knew what she needed to do mm-hmm. to use it on her advantage. Yep. Not against her, yep. you know, which was very interesting.
0: And with no shame.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what she wasn't doing it in a very like distasteful way. She was doing it in a very proper way. I've seen some of the pictures that she took, and they're, they're marvelous. They're beautiful.
0: And even then, like, when I – I don't do stuff that people would call distasteful. But to me, like, then you have to start thinking, like, well, what's distasteful? Like, if a girl wants to – or if a guy wants to – sorry expose everything and like they want to make money off of it and they get that fucking cash and they get to pay their you know pay their bills i feel like there's no shame in that mm-hmm. but uh yeah you're right There's just like if you have it why not flaunt it yes to a degree but at the same time that kind of approach from fans where they're just like oh you're showing me this so now i want to do this to you like and they think that it's okay that's the problem that i have with it it's just like you guys need to fucking back off like, just because she's wearing a bikini or she's wearing this sexy one-piece or she's wearing this particular outfit that you like, now you have to – you think that that gives you the right to approach her the way that you would approach a prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool.
1: No, it's not. And, um, I mean, I like to wear sexy stuff, but um, when people – especially, like, in person, they start saying stuff like that, I'm just going to – Does like, that eh. happen? Um, Not as often as he used to before, but it mm-hmm. has happened before, yeah. Or like some guy wants to be fresh and wants to grab my ass. Well, I, mean, I shouldn't taking a be picture. surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. Um, I think um, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the followers or some of the fans... Uh, they stopped sending that stuff as soon as I said that my husband was uh, running my social media. So mm-hmm. if you send a dick picture, probably my son, my <laughs> husband and my son saw that before I did and he forwarded it to me. So uh, you're He's probably going
0: to send you one of his and uh, it'll nah, be a dick think, pic. I don't think,
1: I don't think he'll, he'll do that, but um, we, just, we laugh. We laugh.
0: Just send, just send a random dick pic. Oh somebody God, else.
1: I know. I, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I that. I to my friends. I mean, if they're going to send me something.
0: If I ran my wife's and someone sent me a dick pic, I would just find a picture of like a huge dick and mm-hmm. just send it back and be like, is this like, are we playing poker?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just don't
1: get it. I mean, a lot of my, even my guy friend, my, my guy guy wrestler's friends, mm-hmm. I get so many dick pictures. So many.
0: Interesting. Oh, well. I mean, I get it, I guess, because like it's, I mean, there's really good looking dudes mm-hmm. wearing. Basically speedos, so yeah. like I'm sure other guys are just like, hey,
1: yeah. So, but they don't send me that to me, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty cool with that.
0: <sighs> but um, but yeah. So this is where it gets testy because like you're now now you're wading into the world of, of custom work, which you know, like you said, people can request things mm-hmm. that are a little more racy or like, hey, I want you to wear a bikini, which to me is interesting because like I feel in the, in the world of pro wrestling, and I talked to Jordan about this and talked to uh, Laney and a few people like we're like. The bikini thing is so interesting because, like, that is a huge no-no still for a lot of people in, in the world of pro. It's just like, you can do customs, but don't wear this or don't wear that.
1: I've done many. I've done plenty of bikini bikini uh, customs, And I've done um, some with, like, belly punching mm. or, like, I haven't done tickle, tickle ones.
0: Well, um, you've done – it seems like you have a very liberal uh, mind when it comes to the customs, which is I do. I very mean, refreshing.
1: Everybody has a different taste, and I'm not, get, I'm not getting naked. I haven't gotten naked in any of the yeah. costumes because I know that that will be, like, the end of me in this business. And it's also your own private, like, yeah, know, comfort like, levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I understand, like, I like to have fun, and, I'm, I mean, I like to wear bikinis. I wear bikinis. I take bikini pictures all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing anything inappropriate in the videos. Um, well, for some people, it might be inappropriate, but um, but everyone I think everyone has their yeah. Yes, but I, I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's that's my parameters, and um, and people know how I am, and and my like I said, my husband is okay with that, and like, as long as we are okay with doing that, and I'm not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. it's fine. I'm not like I said, it's not um something that is against my morals because I'm not breaking my morals, yeah. and and I think that that's okay. The only thing is like I don't appreciate is like some of the requests that have come that are very, like... Um, I think it's... They go to another level, you know? Is of, it
0: just too sexual or is very it... Very
1: sexual, yeah.
0: Or is it more like... Okay, so it's not like a humiliation thing or something <laughs> no, like that? No,
1: no, no. It's more... Well, it can be humiliation and, and sexual at the same time. Yeah. And that's, that's when I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that kind of stuff because I have a lot of uh, young followers, mm-hmm. like female followers. And... Can you talk about what some of those requests are? I'm just curious. <sighs> there was one... Um, what did he say? Something about me grabbing somebody's crotch, like a male's crotch.
0: Oh, so sexual, actual, like, direct yeah, actually yes. Yeah.
1: Or acting like I'm grabbing something like that. Not like but, a
0: Joey Ryan thing
1: where n- you're like. <laughs> well, yeah, technically, like the person is in the corner and they want, you know, that that you grab that crotch and like act like you're, you know, strike, stroking it and like stuff like that. <gasps> oh, that's different. No, it was very
0: sexual. That's very different. sexual. Yeah. So I was
1: like, I don't Sorry,
0: Joey. <laughs> when no, I no, talk about not about Joey, I meant like, you know, Joey does his whole his No, no, no. He's
1: like the whole chebang, you know. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I can't that's do porn. that, man. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's close to porn. Very, very yeah. much so, yeah. So, um, like I said, it, there is taste for everybody. And this, right now I'm at a point in my career where I'm not, you have, you have to have limits and you have to have boundaries. And you can do certain stuff. Maybe later on in your career, if you decide to do something like that, probably it's fine. Maybe not, you know? Kind of like China when she got out of WWE yeah. and she went to full porn. Brother, brother. Royal <laughs> royal Rumble style. Like She probably made some good money out of it. She so. probably did, but yeah. I mean, I think she said she always wanted to do it because he mm-hmm. was like, you know, she wanted to feel feminine or... Yeah, and so people,
0: so people have that that fantasy. I, I've known plenty of girls who have gone into porn uh, that started doing fetish, and that's just one of the things where, like, I want to experience it. And yeah. to me, I'm just like, whatever makes you happy, do it.
1: I mean, it's a very... Uh, people think that porn is, like, way porn is something. Oh, man, you make so much money and whatever. No, you work a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, big companies take advantage of a lot of the girls, and that's why a lot of the girls, they became producers, and they yep. became, you know, their own bosses, because... Right now, because you have a great platform and where you can sell your stuff much easier than before. But it's a lot of work, like, in... in, um, And some some of the times, like, it's borderline abusive, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Now, would you say... And I'm not trying to start a debate, but, like, would you say the same for certain pro-federations? Like, where they could be... They can take advantage a bit and be a bit abusive when it comes to young talent.
1: Um... I think there was probably some instances in where they were abusive to, to uh, like girls
0: not getting paid or like no one takes care of people's like hotel stays or buying oh man yes. shit like that yes. or like hey I showed up to this shoot I just drove eight hours and there's no food like stuff like that or yeah promoters not paying the, the talent like I hear these stories there's
1: a lot of promoters that don't pay the talent like a lot of them I
0: and I, I work with both pro girls and also work there with was Girl one Studio. time
1: talking about this one I just. Yeah. came to my mind um, in San Diego. We had a show in San Diego, my tag team partner and I, a couple of years ago. And then uh, Brave, I think it was like, this guy had this amazing setup on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. He was like blasting it. The, the area looked fantastic. The, um, the venue was really cool. We we're like getting all ready. The guys are laying it. The guys are laying it. The guys are laying it. So, the guys needed to leave. They were just going to come in, do their match, and leave. And then it's like 7 o'clock, he comes with the cops. We're all, we're all sitting on the stage. And then he says to us, guys, uh, I'm really sorry. The show is not going to go. And we're like, why? There's like 25 people outside. Like, we'll still have the show. It's like, I don't have money to pay you guys. <sighs> and oh, boy. Some of us were pissed because we, some of us, we drove 15 hours to You should have put the cops? Yeah, because we were gonna fuck him up because he didn't give us our money. <laughs>
0: so uh <laughs> So he already hired a security detail? You no, know, he
1: had poly police there, man. It was like that. And um everybody's really pissed and one of the guys is like crying. He was just like Jesus. you know, my daughter just got abused. Last week, and I came here to make extra money to help her out. Oh, and you just took the money out of my pocket, man. You uh, are we fucking five, a piece five, of five. shit. Like mm. that, and everybody's just like pissed. I'm pissed. And I said, listen, man, if you're going to run a show, make sure that you have the money, even if people don't show up. Because if you're going to run a show, and you don't have the money to pay your people, that makes you be a piece of shit. And you are a piece of shit.
0: So that's the point I was trying to make. I think every anything where, where people show up to perform... There's going to be some shady shit and i've heard dark stories from the porn side of it i've heard dark stories from the pro side of it and and i think that's why it's almost like goldilocks it's like oh shit that's really cold and that's really hot like like try to work in the middle where it's like let's make sure that people get paid for their work make sure that they're treated well make sure that they have a place to sleep
1: no i've been fortunate now uh, that the promoters that i've been working with they uh, they're you know they're paying for food or yeah. um I you know, they pay, They always pay for my hotel rooms or for my... Um, That's really good. My flights, because, like, you know, I live in Texas, so I usually require for flights. And if I drive for more than five hours, I require gas money and, um, and a hotel. This is, like, sometimes, like, driving back from a show and where, like, my back really hurts from, from the match, it's really, really hard. And there's been several instances in where we have done that, and that kills me. I can't imagine it. That's why I'm always in pain. You know, <laughs> so... <laughs> It's it's rough. It's rough to be a it's rough to be a pro wrestler. I'm not gonna lie. There's so many stories from and you can many people can tell you like they we drive so much. Mm-hmm. My friends always from from the gym. They can never believe how much I drive and they're it's like
0: it's rough. Yeah, they're
1: like man. I, I don't know how you do it. I was just like you get used to it. You we know? try.
0: You know, I'll be honest with you. This is gonna sound like I'm tooting my own fucking horn, but whatever. But one of the reasons I really wanted to establish something that was solid monetarily was to be able to pay for people's flights. I want to be able to just at least extend the offer of like, hey, you want us to fly you out here? I don't want you to fucking drive from New York
1: mm-hmm. or
0: from, uh, from from Texas. Like that's a fucking how long is it? It's like it's sixteen
1: like, hours. Yeah, fuck that.
0: I won't I won't make anybody drive a drive that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. And my limit is like six hours. I
1: mean this is like this is part of paying our dues. Too Mm -hmm. like a lot of the times because you want the opportunity you will drive and I've done it for auditions and I've done it for stuff and where I drive nine ten hours and I don't fucking get nothing you know but I was like all right at least I had the opportunity to be there but um, like I said this is come because this comes with a lot of sacrifice success comes with a lot of sacrifice and one of the sacrifices is not sleeping driving for tons and tons of miles um, you know. Sleeping on people's floors. I've done it so many times, like when I was in Luch Underground. When I was in Luch Underground, I'll get booked on downtown LA. We get a Hilton five-star hotel. Then the next day or the next week, I'll have to work our initial and in where I had to find a friend where I could sleep on the floor. Yeah. So, like, total opposite, you know, differences. Very polarizing. So, you right? know what it
0: actually feels like? It's really interesting because... Um it feels a lot like back in the 80s and 90s or maybe mostly the 80s like the big the, the punk rock scene mm-hmm. exactly the same like punk rock when it hit like in the uh, in the 80s it was like all the bands would get into vans with their equipment and they would drive nine hours to a show 12 hours to a show 16 hours to a show they didn't have anywhere to stay the fans would like be like hey stay in my house and they would sleep in the living room like on cots and it feels, it, I feel like pro wrestling when you're starting out is a lot like being a punk rock.
1: Pretty much. That's, I, I think I've slept in so many people's floors and mm-hmm. sofas.
0: And, and you're looking for your next meal and someone's eat, like. For real, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Like especially when you're making like 50, 60 bucks and you're spending half of it on gas. Yep. And just because you want to be seen, because you want to get that opportunity. Do
0: we have one girl? Who, uh, I'm not going to. It was just a girl who came down and I'm just like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to pay for your food. And she was just like, are you fucking, what? And I was like, I mean, it's the least I can do. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you're here, you're fucking working your ass off, you're putting on a good show. Like, let me at least get you food and we're going to put out snacks and shit. And, like, to her, it was so alien because she had done nothing but, like, you know, yeah. low, like, very, like, very, um, how would I put it? Like, But just, like, you know, kind of, like, beginner pro shows. Like, yeah. stuff, like, where it was, like, small, small, small feds and stuff like that where she would just show up and struggle for food, just to yeah. eat. And I'm just like, this is a girl who's going to go into your ring and do shit that's going to eat up protein and, you know, like, give her some food. I don't know.
1: I mean, we tried, when I was running our promotion, like, the the very first show, we told the sure. girls, like, we have a uh, the Japanese promoter coming. We cannot fly anybody in. If you want to come here... You got to fly. You got to fly. But that's Japan. And we... We'll make sure you have a, a place to sleep. You know, we'll room you with somebody else. That's good. And that's what we did. Like we gave them room reward, and I think we buy them like a meal or two. I don't remember, but I mean, it was a sacrifice because that was a lot of money for a show like that. Well, it if was, you have that many girls, yeah, we had fifteen, sixteen girls. Yeah, I'm talking like one or two. No, this is like a ton of girls. But shit, if I good fifteen or sixteen girls, good, good, good opportunities <laughs> came out from that for some. So then they remember it was because like we mm-hmm. opened the doors for them. So I'm not going to say like, I mean, I, I've been in both sides of the spectrum, but there's times in where I'm like, yeah, no, this is like borderline. Like, come on, man, like you, you don't make any money. Maybe you shouldn't be running shows, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough to be sleeping on people's floors. And I, one of my best friends in Chicago, he calls me a gypsy. hmm because, like, the second year, like, I would be like, you like, where you at? No, I'm in such and such city. Where are you staying at? I don't know. I Just, like, somebody let me stay in their house. Like, one of my friends, a, I guess. Yeah, I'm in a basement. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> you know. Or I will be, we'll be doing, like, tours, like we call it, my friend and I. we stay at my friend's house in um in New, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So we can get bookings in New Jersey. But we stay there for a month. I mean, like, I don't want to do that anymore, you know. I'm... I'm too old. I have a kid. I have a dog, and I have a husband. It's like it's too much, you know. For like the young ones, where when you're really hungry, you do anything to get booked, mm-hmm. anything.
0: So that's the thing that we've talked a lot. It's a it's a kind of a running theme on the podcast, which is where like it is a it's a business where people can take advantage of that. And and one of the things that struck me when I was doing my stuff as a custom company was I would have girls who would be like, "Hey man, I I can't work for you anymore because uh, or not I can't work for you anymore, but like." Um, someone told me that I can't wear this at your site or I can't do this because, and I'd be like, okay, well, did they sign you to a contract? Did they, nope, they just told me that I can't. And I'm just like, wait, so they, they're not, you're not like signing a thing and they you're going to just do it because they said so. And they were just like, yeah, because this is the only work that I can find. And so it's like, it feels like there was a couple of people out there. Hopefully now I feel like time has passed and Progress has been made where there's not as many of these guys out there, but there were literally these dudes who would just run these feds who would be like basically because they knew the girls could only come to them for this amount of work. Mm -hmm. They would dictate what they could could couldn't could not do without offering money without offering contracts and that blew me away. And I feel like thankfully from your stories, I feel like that's changing like now you're you're able to as a wrestler go like no, this is what I need you need to fly me out You need to pay for my gas you need to do my shit. Otherwise, I'm not coming to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, they get what they pay for, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And,
0: yeah, that's another good point.
1: And um, good way to put I'm it. very uh, proud to say that I'm a very good talent and um, I can help my opponent. I can help I love my opponent, which is a very, very important part mm-hmm. of being a wrestler, you know.
0: So that's actually that brings me to my next question. Um, what do you feel makes a good wrestler?
1: Because a, a good wrestler feels like somebody is like selfless in a way, and where you can make somebody that is not as talented or is not as um, equipped, or you name it, make them look good. Yeah, make them look good. Like that's why they say the, the best wrestlers can wrestle a broom, and the broom will look like a million dollars.
0: I have a feeling we might do a broom shoot tomorrow.
1: I oh, <laughs> haven't done them in forever. <laughs> That would be really fun. But I think that's, that's what he does it. Somebody- no,
0: we, we actually do a match where like you, I kid you not, it starts off with you fucking around with a Ouija board mm-hmm. and then like a demon attacks you and just beats you up and the whole thing is you throwing yourself around the Oh my God. Room. So fucking fun. It's great. All right, sorry, going back.
1: Yeah, but um, also I think a good wrestler has charisma mm-hmm. and emotional connection with yeah. the audience. Yeah. I think it's very important.
0: That's very true. This is very true. Um, in terms of working in a like an actual match, you said you work a little stiff. Have you ever run into a situation where someone's like, hey, that's not that's not going to work for me? Or like, yeah. how, how do you yeah. deal with that? You
1: just have to ease up.
0: You just mm. you can't go boss of wall. Okay. But you tell them beforehand, like, hey, this is how I work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't surprise somebody. With like... No, no, no. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I have a reputation, I think. Mm. At, at this point, I have a reputation. Oh, for, for working For stuff? Yes. Okay. I mean, I work snug. I don't... Tried to hurt you. I've never tried to hurt you. Like, I hate slaps in the face. I do them safely, not in the face, and mm-hmm. still look like a slap. You know? We
0: use sound effects. Just like, freaking...
1: <laughs> No, they're like loud. Mm-hmm. The ones the ones that you will say that are my most famous are the chops. My chops are really loud.
0: I heard about that, yeah. Yeah.
1: And some fans have... Have gotten a couple, and uh, they with like, the fans. Like oh the yeah, staffing? when I go out to lucha shows, like so, how do you deal with that?
0: With like, uh if someone does sign a waiver, or no, no,
1: just, it's a lucha <laughs> show. You can do whatever. <laughs> like, technically, like we just chop them. The guys say, I hey, yeah, come, I come, come." Like and they're already drunk, so I don't care. but uh, they don't uh, see
0: you. They're too drunk to see. Yeah,
1: and then they come and like take pictures. That was great. That was great, man. so much. much. Sign your handprint. Pretty much. Yeah. It's it's so much fun. It's so much fun.
0: That is so cool. I think I saw Jordan, I think I, something where Jordan was slamming fans onto other wrestlers, and I kind of wanted to ask her, like, do you have to get him to sign a thing? And I'm like, no. No. You don't have to do that shit. It's wrestling. <sighs> it's a fucking mad world. Okay. So um, so we were talking about, and this is something that came up during dinner, um, the idea of like fetishes working their way into um, your shoots and also mm-hmm. wrestling. And, and I think we talked about friends of ours that have done sessions, for example, private sessions and um how you view them like is there is there something that you look at and you're like okay this is this is appealing i actually see why someone would like this or then you look at other stuff and you're like okay this is fucking insane no
1: i mean i've been i've seen some of the girls that have done sessions and some of the pro pro girls that have done sessions and mm-hmm. they have a lot of positive things to say about it i mean the fact that you are wrestling somebody or like what well, kind of like sparring kind of mm-hmm. lightly sparring with uh, another person that you don't know, it's kind of they like it's kind of scary, but at the same time, it's not because like in, st- in certain um, websites, they actually have sc- they- you screen them before you go and do the session. So they have like certifications, they have references. So you're going and doing something that is safe, you yeah. know, and is well paid. Okay. Um, and um, a lot of my a couple of my friends they actually had bad experiences and where someone got mugged. And it it was really scary for her about this one in Texas. She got mugged. Um, Then another one, um, the guy was being really rough. And she was like, here's your money back. You need to go. Mm -hmm. You know? So, like, they take the necessary measures to, like, stay safe. And, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of them don't take new clients because of the same reason. Because of the... Recent assaults that some of the girls have received. Yeah, I've seen that. From from the guys.
0: I've seen a lot of the girls that I know that do sessions, they just have their established.
1: Yeah, it's it's just dangerous. It's very dangerous, like I said. And um, I mean, everybody has their fetish, and like sessions is a fetish by Mm -hmm. itself. You know, like men want to wrestle women either in bikini or on shorts or whatever. And that's the thing. That's the thing that makes them happy. You know, it's like eating popcorn and watching a movie Mm is for them. You know, so that's what, that's what they like, and um I think the stigma that sessions have is they think that people will have sex after the session for some for some
0: oh for people who don't yeah know yeah, this about is, sessions, it, yeah. yeah
1: it's not a, an, an escort kind of thing no. it's like legit pure for some it's pure um um sport they see it as a sport and yeah. in, in Europe that's really, really big, you know, they have the session room and where like girls yeah, girls go there, and all the clientele is screened. So some of them do BDSM and that's what they do. They do BDSM and, and um that kind of stuff and then other ones are like semi nude, there are some other the nude stuff. And again, that's how they make their living and they travel. They travel all over the world doing sessions. Yeah. You know, and um
0: And they make good money. They
1: can make really good money. So um like I said, that's like a little niche of fetishism that it, there is in the wrestling world mm-hmm. kind of sort of. And that's like a branch of it. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean...
0: Not at all. I, 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 I'm i somebody who's very liberal. I, fe- I feel like, actually, prostitution would, would be fine if it was just legal and taxed. Because, like, I think George Carlin said something like, you know, fucking is legal. Selling is legal. Why isn't selling fucking legal? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, why, why is something that I can give away for free bad if I ask somebody to pay for it? And I feel like that's the original stigma. It's like, you know, we looked... At, down at prostitution is like, this is somebody who was getting paid to do something that she or he would do for fun. Yeah. You know, why are we looking at that as a bad thing? And of course that ties into religious bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah, and with with the world of pro wrestling uh, being so conservative, once again, I have producers who are condemning some of the girls that I work with because they do wear bikinis, which is... I was talking to Lainey about it and we are just like, that's so fucking weird. Like, why is it that like I can wear this at a beach, but I can't wear it on camera and it's going to make people My feel friends
1: tease it. me when they see some of the videos uh, or like the pictures from uh, Dangerous Curves because mm-hmm. I, I do bikini wrestling. Yeah. Right? And that's a lot I do. I have done bikini wrestling so that's before. My wife. She sent, my wife
0: sent me a picture. She's like, check this girl out. This is Thunder. And I was just like, oh, she looks great. And you're wearing like a fucking bikini at the beach.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's like... um I tell them like, hey, you know, it's my life. I do whatever I want with it, and that's it. And I'm not hurting anybody. Like my fans, they still follow me. They know that I'm a, a legitimate wrestler, and mm-hmm. you know, I like to do. I like to do customs. I, I I I truly enjoy customs. People know that I truly enjoy customs.
0: I mean, they're fun. I mean, as opposed. I mean, obviously, doing there's nothing quite like doing a live pro match. Mm-hmm. Obviously, but like there's it's just so much fun to like shoot something at, like, a more even pace and, like, take your time and not worry about getting hurt if you're dealing yeah. with the right producer and, like, so it's weird that there's a stigma, and I get it, I get it, because, like, I if, if I was a guy who just basically ran a pro wrestling fed and I was putting girls and guys through the ringer and making them fucking really, like, almost hurt themselves every night, you know, to, to make money, and they're making 50 bucks for a, a show... And then suddenly here's somebody who comes out of the corner going, hey, I'll pay you 150 bucks to do this really easy shoot where you're not getting hurt and you're not working in a 120 degree room and you're not risking yourself every night and you're actually getting food and you're getting lodging. I would feel threatened. And I feel like a lot of that that stigma comes from that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you're not allowed to wear a bikini or if you wear a one piece, you, you better wear it this style or, you know, this kind of boot, this kind of knee pad. And it becomes this very, like, controlling thing from a lot of the guys that run the federations. Um, And once again, I feel like that's something that happened a lot in the last couple years, but now it's going away, which is good.
1: Yeah, I think um, just people come to uh, the realization that costumes are not as bad as people make them seem. Um,
0: There's been some progress, I think. Yeah,
1: and um, I have gotten some girls into costumes, actually. It's it's not that bad. Just go try it. Diablo! (laughs) (laughs) You should go and do it. And I've gotten some, like Alex Gracia. She's from Texas. She's a, like the pink dream, she calls herself. Just okay. pink hair and everything. She's super popular in costumes. Oh, like, she get 15, 20 a weekend. Bring her down. And she makes like a killing, a killing out there. And um, and she was like, no, I don't know about it. And then I got her into it. And, and then she's like, she, fuck. And then she saw how much money she could make. She was like, yes, I mean. And mm-hmm. I have gotten, tried to get, get, sorry, get other girls. But again, there's still like the stigma of, you know, well, it's a lot of fetish or like...
0: I think what, it, what matters is if you're a custom producer, you have to be able to tell the model or the wrestler and go, like, you, girl, are going to set your own limits. Yeah. Like, whatever I ask you to do, if you don't like it, then you don't have to do it. And then that's what
1: I've done in mm-hmm. plenty of my, uh, of my custom matches and where I'm like, yeah, I can do this, 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 but I can't do that, mm-hmm. you know? like Oh, no, and I like even do it, like,
0: like, with me, I have fans who send me scripts, and I can't pay you this much. I better see what I pay for. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, if the girl is having a bad day, She's having a bad hour. She's having a bad minute. And she doesn't want to do this fucking move. Then she's not going to do it. And you're still going to. I'm not going to pay you back. You just have to do Like that has to be a reality. You understand? And they're like, okay. And, like, sometimes a girl doesn't feel like taking a fucking suplex or doesn't want to do a neck breaker or doesn't want to fucking... Maybe her back hurts. She doesn't want to take a camel clutch. Then we don't do that shit and we put in another move and we send it to the guy. Yeah. I'll write a little note and be like, hey, she couldn't do it. Her her back was hurting. Yeah. We didn't want to injure her. And they're like, totally cool.
1: Yeah. But I think I... Oh, and there's another one. I mean, if this... This is in a safe environment, right? And with mm-hmm. respect and everything and, like, the girls put boundaries. Yes. Because I... Again, going back to the fetish part, everybody has fetishes and everybody wants to, like... Fantasize and mm-hmm. make their fantasies come true. Yeah. you know, and I feel like the people that order some of these customs, this is their fantasy. You know, they pay to see their fantasy come true. Yeah, you course. know, and that's what I respect because I have put money on a lot of people's tables. You know, and um, and I, you know, I have nothing bad to say about customs. I always have a really great time, and mm-hmm. people have treated me really, really good. So, um, if I could, like I was telling you earlier, if I could start my own Costumes, I will do it because I think mm. I, I enjoy it, and it, I think it it help. It has helped some of us to like develop some skills in the ring.
0: I feel like that's that's a really good point. I had one uh, worker that that worked with us, and she was just like, "Man, you like because we put we had a uh, custom script where she had to really oversell mm-hmm. and like really do it like back like you know 80s style overselling." And she was like, "I sell like that now." Like, now when I'm in the ring, I fucking take a hit that way. Because, like, the fans, I get this pop over here and pop they're Like, they just love to see this overreaction or whatever. Uh, But I feel like you're right. Like, you learn a lot of things from doing it. And I uh, also feel like you have the drive to obviously be able to create your own company. yeah, And to also develop, like, your own talent and, like, you know, eventually just create your own content. And I think it would be really, really cool to see. Um, But before we get to that, because I do want to talk about your future plans... Uh, so in, in terms of the nature of fetish,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, is there anything that you've encountered that you've been like, okay, I could see why this is sexy or like, or anything where you were just like, I'll do this, but I don't get it. Cause we talked about the sleepy stuff and you were just like, why are you guys yeah, into Yeah, why,
1: like, why are you guys into like the <laughs> knocking girls out and the yeah. she's acting all knocked out? Yeah, I remember I did a, I did a, I did one custom that I was knocked out. Or I knocked somebody out, and she was knocked out the whole entire time. And I was just talking to her, and I just saying the stupidest thing so she can laugh, but she wouldn't <laughs> laugh. It was great. That was great. Um, it, I mean, some of the stuff that I saw in the Bay Area, I'll start with that. Um, I don't get why people dress up like horses can be oh, sexy. Oh, okay, now you're talking about ex- Okay. Yeah, I'm going to the extreme. Sure. Uh, or... Um,
0: I used to... So Jackie and I actually met at a convention called fetish con which you would go get a drink and there'd be a couple of horses playing in the corner yeah
1: or like the the people dressed up
0: as furry yes, yes! Las, las mascotas Las
1: mascotas. <laughs> like i'm like what is this so this is like intense uh, or um the ones that were dressed like babies that oh, really fa- um, that really fascinated me i was like why are you guys dressing like that, that took
0: me a long time to figure it out yeah that I was, was like, one of the ones where i was just like okay i need to Think about this. Yeah,
1: quick. that was intense. That was really, really intense. But then, no, no, I mean, the knockouts I kind of get. Um Then there's a, the other one. They're they're choking you out, and you're just like uh you're salivating or like oh, there's
0: drool and stuff. The drool. Yeah, we do that too. We get a lot of drool. Not uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people ask because if they want to make it look so brutal. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, this is not sexy.
0: But see, it it cuts. And that's the thing that's so interesting about Fetish. And I feel like that's something that you might learn this weekend from looking at some of the scripts and be like, oh, all right, shit. Um, although the, the stuff that we have for you this weekend has been pretty vanilla. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish we would have gotten something crazy <laughs> now. I'm just like, all right, we're going to wrap you up in bubble wrap and <laughs> throw you off the top of a building um, into some pudding, you know, something like that.
1: I've heard some of that stuff.
0: <laughs> so there's like, yeah. So there's like – the root of it I think is – you have to think about these fetishes as things that people don't have control over. Yeah. Right? It's just some kid, you know, whether it's a, a female, male, in between, uh, whatever gender they assigned to themselves. Like, you know, when they were like at their formative years and they're getting all those hormones kicking and they saw something, they experienced something that clicked. You know, whether they got spanked the right way or spanked the wrong way or, you know, they saw something on TV that made them go like, well, that's, well. that's my thing um or they snuck i heard stories about a kid who was like 12 and he opened the door and his his sister and her friends were all like trying on pantyhose boom he was a pantyhose guy yeah. wow yeah that's intense yeah yeah it was just like he wasn't attracted to his sister but he, he was just, just attracted play. to the side of girls putting on pantyhose and suddenly he was like that was it and now he orders pantyhose customs from me you know because i do ask my fans I'm like where did this come from because i'm really curious about it because you can't control. It's one of the few things in life you cannot control are the things that you're into oh. sexually.
1: Is that the reason why some fans send me underwear? To wear? Yeah.
0: I'm sure. Because they'll be like, they want to have that the perfect texture, the perfect shine.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: We have guys that love pantyhose that are like the shiny pantyhose with yes. the one pieces. We have guys who hate it when we girls wear boots. They want barefoot. Yes. You know they want the girls to wear toenail polish of a certain color. Oh, by the
1: way, there's like this website that always feature my feet. Mm-hmm. Ww feet diva feet Yes, I think so. I don't know. They we o- just gave them free press. The, no, they, all, they always feature my feet. And um, sometimes I post something on You're my welcome, story. Yes, I post the stuff on my story. And my friend, best friend, is like, have they posted you on the website? Yet? <laughs> and then next thing you know, like, there you go, my feet they like, your feet are so beautiful. Like, I mean, I know. And that is
0: so, that is, I feel like that's becoming mainstream now. Oh,
1: yeah, super. Yeah. Did you, you
0: saw the new Tarantino movie, right?
1: Yes. That guy has a massive
0: foot fetish. Did you see the scenes where he like, the girl's watching the movie? Oh,
1: yes, I was just going to mention and that. And it's just, just like, like turning feet, feet in the
0: shot. And then like earlier on, the girl's in the car. And there's and just feet, her feet in yes. the shot. And they're, they're scrunching their toes and they're dirty. And I'm just like. Motherfucker's not even trying to... Hunt. I didn't
1: even think about it, but now that you mentioned it. Yeah, he does. He directed like he does. From
0: Dust Till Dawn. That scene with Hayek? Yes. Where when she she's had a vampire?
1: A, and she's like dancing. What in, did she, she do? Doing the... Put she, the... She took her foot, uh-huh. put it
0: in the guy's mouth, and then she's like... Poured said, tequila. The yeah. That's him. He literally wrote that for himself. Because <laughs> he's a foot fetishist.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know like a couple of the girls um, in the business have... In their Patreon page, they dedicated a site on only feet yeah
0: yeah if a pro wrestler opened a patreon and she's like hey if you buy the 10 dollar a month or 12 dollars i'll take a picture of my bare feet because like it's a huge fetish and i think the key to understanding fetishes is not to condemn them because you feel like they're weird is to go like this person had no control yeah over their fetish and what they're doing with that fetish is what Makes them a good person. So, like, if someone is into the idea of dressing like a baby, I used to think that was the weirdest thing. But now, after talking to people who are into it, I guess something in their childhood is kind of like there was this weird arrested development where, like, they feel like if you're if you pretend to be a baby, then it takes away all the the, the, the troubles of the world. You just You're this child and someone comes and takes care of you and that's all you have to worry about, someone taking care of you, right?
1: There's guys that don't dress up like babies and we still take care of them. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's just crazy. But there's people who go like, well, that's, oh, they never had a real childhood, so they're reverting to that stage of their life. But then there's people who never had a real childhood who do horrible things like Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, you know, who, uh, he's like, I never had a childhood. And then he goes and tries to have sex with kids. And it's just like, all right, two different kind of people who experience the same kind of regression, but one of them deals with it with fetish and the other one deals with it like doing horrible things to children. So when I see somebody who's dressed like a baby, I just feel like, all right, that guy at least dealt with it correctly and is doing it just for himself with another adult. Yes. And he's not out there trying to get babies into his house. You know what I mean? Yes. And so um, now I become. I used to. I used to shame kink shame all the time. Now I'm just like, girl, tell me about your fucking kinks.
1: I don't. I don't kink, kink shame. I mean, it's, it's no. i not interesting. You were. No, but yeah. I, I know a lot of people do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has different tastes. And, I have some professors. And yeah, they do
0: that. They're just and like, then, hey, oh.
1: and yeah. then they um, they get turned on by different things. And I mm-hmm. think a fetish is one of the things that get them get them going. And um, you, you just got to be respectful. It's like you yeah. know if you like milk or you like chocolate chocolate milk you know it's kind of like the same thing <laughs> no I'm serious you you're, right, you're right you're and, right and um I mean everybody has their own stuff and some people are open or the fetishes and some people yeah. are very like closed door they do a bunch of stuff but they don't say to, they don't tell that to the world
0: now you and I both grew up you know under religious uh hispanic kind of influences do you feel like when you started to grow up and become an adult, like? Were you more vanilla or like, were you like, you know, exploratory or became like interested in other things or were you just
1: more like, yeah, no, I just kind of like, you know, standard. I guess I was standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in like, not a lot of wild stuff. I was very, I was very tame.
0: Mm-hmm. I was the same way when I was between the ages of like 14 and 25. I just thought that like, I just was destined to be the things you read about in the Bible.
1: It's like, missionary, yay, isn't that great, guys? That's all there is to it. (laughs) I guess. No, but I was very normal. I mean, considering what normal is, I guess I was very normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when you get older, then you start getting more wiser. And then um, definitely living in the Bay Area opened my eyes to a lot of stuff and made me more um, uh, progressive and Mm -hmm. made me more um, understanding of others. And I'm talking about sexuality. I'm talking about you know religions beliefs political political views and everything cuz everybody it was like a clash of things you have like super drooper um hypersexual people and then you have like the super conservative people mm-hmm. you know and we have to like meet in the middle and like a lot of it edu- okay there's a lot of things that ha- that had to do with educational but they were like super sexual how were like your then.
0: parents when it comes to when it came to like alternative uh sexual lifestyles of like uh, homosexuality and stuff like that um
1: uh, very conservative okay I don't know if your parents were that conservative.
0: My mom had a lot of gay friends. So it was it was interesting because she was very Catholic. But then we would come over. i come back home from the school and there'd be like No, six my, my
1: mom and my dad that were, my mom didn't have a lot of friends. And my mm. dad was very, very conservative oh, okay. on, on that aspect. I um, mean, we had, we ended up having some uh, uh, cousins that came out of the closet as being gay. And um, oh, now they're accepted. But at the beginning, it was kind of hard you know so um
0: how did your how were your thoughts on that when it, when you first started to develop like was that something that you took your parents' viewpoint or you were just like I don't give a fuck you be gay
1: um you know there's a lot of people in in the closet when I was living in Mexico like even now they when they came out um they came out as gay. like i was very supportive i mean uh when one of my best friends in high school he told me he was gay i was like well that's pretty cool and he was like oh i'm going to go i'm going to go in um Meet this guy that I'm really in love with and I'll just go for right. it, you know. Um and I will defend I will used to defend him a lot when it was like, no, this guy da, da 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 and I was just don't talk to him like that. He's a human being regardless. And um I mean, we're all human beings. We're all we all at the end of the day want to be loved, you know, if by somebody. It's you know?
0: amazing that anybody would be upset um over what gender you would choose. I mean, it's
1: still it's still very present and some people are not Uh, They're still very conservative and then they won't accept that and you know, they're in their right to do that I I mean as long I guess it's like as as long as you are um, You respect the other person Mm -hmm. you know that
0: oh you can have your own private opinion. Yeah, right? Yeah Yeah, but when you try to take people's rights away and stuff like that No, I
1: think that that's just gone to extreme. I mean my husband and I we had a uh, transgender roommate she was going through the whole process while she was living with. Oh, it. that's great! That was very interesting.
0: A uh, 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 man to a man woman? into
1: a woman, yeah. And so that was very interesting for me to learn, like how she will tuck in her stuff, like the way mm. that the, all the hormones she was taking and like all the processes that she was going through. I was so jealous because she got boobs for free. <laughs> I was like, bitch, she got boobs for free. No, it's not fair. One of my
0: closest friends is, is currently going from woman to man. Wow! Uh, yeah, it's not easy no it's not medically it's not no a lot of hospitals and a lot of places won't carry out certain services that that he needs so it's been difficult to watch him go through it but he's very strong extremely strong and uh, we love him for it we support him and we're always you know pushing for him so like yeah I think we're on the same page when it comes to that but holy shit
1: Yeah, it's it's very rough so um, I understand that um you got to be tolerant
0: Mm mm-hmm how does that kind of, does that work into pro wrestling? Is there any sort of, like, prejudices when it comes to homosexuality? You know or? what?
1: I, there's a lot of, um, lately, a lot of open gay wrestlers and transgender wrestlers really? in, in, the, in the scene. That's if great. Effie comes to my mind, like, the most. He works a lot in the Midwest. What's his name? Effie. Effie? Yeah, he's very, very, like, super gay. Mm-hmm. Druber gay. Yeah, Is that part of his gimmick? He is gay, yeah. No matter like, your name. yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Something is character, you know. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Who else um, can I think of? Um, Sunny Kiss. Now she's an AEW. Oh, okay. He's an AEW. Very flamboyant. Um, he's he's another gay character. I met I met him in New York, and I knew he was gonna be big from the moment I met him. He's very talented, and he's like I said. He dressed up. He put makeup on. He looked. He's a beautiful human. being. <laughs> I'm tell you, like some of the guys on the back will say, like. I will be I will be gay just for him like <laughs> like that he's beautiful. And there's another one. part
0: of the gay panic, it's always or the the gay fear. It's, it's it's these macho men who are just like I'm confused. I well, kind of want to make You know make it like you know what is person. interesting
1: in Mexico the exóticos. A, they are a huge in lucha libre. Mm-hmm. Exóticos are people that dress up with the one piece and they put makeup on. Oh okay. You know, Cassandro is one perfect example. He's gone all over the world, world presenting his documentary about being a, a, an, an in the world of lucha libre. You know, which is kind of like you are in between. You're kind of like a drag queen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not necessarily have to be gay all the time, or you are gay. You know, so it's, it's very interesting. So, you know, that in our culture is it's taboo. It is taboo, but mm. it's kind of it's kind of weird people it's acceptable in lucha it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the carny the carnies you know well
0: even back in the day like uh american pro wrestling had you know, people like gorgeous george who would come in and fucking wear like a pink feather boa and do the whole like i'm very girly and like yeah, but, you know, he, and that, was, but
1: that was a gimmick though he wasn't gay no
0: he wasn't gay but like the fact that he came in there and like used that and became popular was yeah. like a big thing
1: Well, like i said right but now this like, guy is really gay yeah like, he's really gay yeah, um, but there's a couple, but those are the people that come into my mind. There's a, uh, in AEW, there's another one, Rose, I forget her first name. Um, she is a transgender wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then um, a girl from uh, New Zealand, she's she's also a transgender wrestler. So there's a lot more. Jake Atlas, he just got signed for WWE. He's gay. He oh, just okay. He was very open about it. That's cool. And he's a great, excellent wrestler. So, um, Ashley Vox, she is gay, too. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, thinking about other girls. There's a bunch of other girls. But they, um, they have suffered some discrimination, but not as much as maybe 30 years ago mm-hmm. they would have suffered. That's We're good. More, more, more acceptable of of that.
0: I, I'm glad to hear it. Especially, I mean, it, it it's a sport that's so out there. Like, yeah. We, you know, pro wrestling does stuff that no other institution does yeah and i feel like if there's one kind of uh group that should be accepting of things that are not you know it normal be, yeah it yeah. should be pro wrestling
1: i mean i don't think any pro wrestler is normal it's mm-hmm. a normal person not at all no i mean
0: none of us are like the the stuff that i do the stuff that you do i'm not going to put myself in your category obviously we're we're two different you know parts of the ballpark but like the fact that we do what we do makes us not normal. I yeah. I think that's... I mean, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that I didn't end up um, doing other things for a living that, that I could have been doing. But yeah, you're right. Like, no one that does this for a living, that what you're doing for a living, uh, especially you're doing, like, a four-pronged attack. Once again, you're doing customs, you're doing fucking MMA, you're doing pro, you know. You're also juggling family. Like, that's... That's crazy. Like, you're... And you're doing it. You're not just trying. You're actually doing it. Which is very admirable. Um, But uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions I have for you because I think that might wrap it up. There's, um, we talked about the fetish stuff. Um, Do you, uh, I find it very refreshing that you do look at what, you know, I do, what Jacqueline does with a level of, the same level of respect that we look at what you do. And I, I think that's something that's Kind of like sorely missing in in this world. Like we get, we we have so many people who will come to us and be like, "I can't believe you made so and so like made quote unquote made so and so wear this." And I'm just like, "No, we didn't make anybody wear this." Like you know, and it, there's there's a lot of aspects of her wrestling that feel very conservative. You know, I had one guy who wrote me back and was just like, "You better not ever hire so and so because that would I'll stop being her fan forever because if she ever does custom videos." And he said it in that way that like custom videos were like. This bottom of the basement, like, you know, if she does this, I'll lose all respect for her. And I'm like, what is it that we're doing wrong?
1: I was, I guess, I don't know. It's it's very easy to hate stuff, I think, I at this point. And in base, I mean, hate stuff for just mm-hmm. little, little, no backup or like little, little reasons. And, um, and people are very, very easy to get very upset about, mm-hmm. like I said, little things. So, um. I try to like not get upset and like block that. Yeah. Because no matter what you do that you're still gonna be criticized. Even if you do it right. You know? And yeah. this is art. I mean what you guys do, like what you show me is like very artistic. It's like things that you don't normally see or mm-hmm. it's acting is um that there there is a lot of stuff that, you know that are that fall into that category and I think that's like the part that some people feel like they're missing is being artistic being creative mm-hmm. and um, sometimes you can be creative in a very um, conservative um, lifestyle
0: yeah, and the creativity is the part that makes me want to come back to it and I feel like after looking at a lot of your work and seeing your photos and, and like you know just just the amount of detail you put into just your fucking makeup the face paint the the attire, just looking at that, I was showing it to a friend earlier. I'm like, yeah, I got this girl coming through and check her out. And uh, and he, he was just like, dude, like, fucking look at these outfits. They look amazing, like, immaculately put together. And then watching you work in a ring, I'm just like, fuck, this is somebody who really cares about their craft. They're not just in it for the money. They're not just in it for the exposure. They're in it because, like, they really want to, I guess, bring art into it.
1: Yeah, so and great. I think that nobody can teach art nobody can teach you like how to connect with people Mm -hmm. and um, that's one of the things that I pride myself more than anything in the ring is is that I have a lot of heart and Mm -hmm. people can see through that and um, and that's the reason why they like me they like me for me they don't like me for what gear I'm wearing today or what uh, yep funny word I had or um, or my Mm year or I don't know you name it Um, they they love me for for me and that that goes with the three characters I played in the shows, you know, it was Cobra Moon first and Serpentine and now it's me. Mm-hmm. You know. And they can see I was like, Oh, it's just trans transcends, you know. you
0: have I mean you have an energy that is hard to ignore. Uh, one of the girls that you're gonna be working with tomorrow, Sapphire, who I told you, she's got that same kind of feel where like everything that you ask her to do, Sumiko is the same way. Everything, everything you direct them to do, they throw every, every inch of their being into that performance. Even if it's like one second of like, hey, raise your eyebrow or give me a smile or like, you know, look evil for like five seconds and look like you're about to destroy somebody. And then when you throw yourself into that, people sense it. They're like, this is somebody who really cares about their craft as opposed to somebody who's just there to just, you know, kind of follow the, the leader and make, make some money, which is not – that's fine too. But it's great to meet somebody who is an artist, you know, and I feel like that's who you are. I mean, once again, we haven't shot yet, but uh, I have a feeling it's going to go really well, guys. Um, and we probably have like 16 other podcasts in us at some point talking about religion, and <laughs> talking about our upbringing and all that shit uh, and and God versus reality and all those great things. But uh, tonight we're going to end it on fetish and wrestling and in pro and MMA and this girl who's a fucking beast and, uh, and and an artist and I can't wait to work with you tomorrow.
1: It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Yes. So
0: uh, guys, if you want to see more of uh, Thunder Rosa, is there anything that we can plug for you? Like, uh, do you have a, uh, do you want to look you up on Twitter? There... Yeah,
1: just go ahead and uh, like my Twitter and follow me on Instagram at Thunder Rosa 22. I'm really working so hard to reach 50,000 followers for the end of the year. On Twitter or on Instagram? On uh, Instagram, Twitter, where we're trying to shoot for 40. We're Short seven thousand. So it's Thunder Rosa
0: twenty two, no spaces? No, no spaces. Okay, so Thunder Rosa twenty two on Instagram and on Twitter, it's the same?
1: Yes, and then I have my big cartel page where you guys can buy my merchandise is com.
0: Okay, Thunder Rosa.bigcartel.com. Um, any, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. We're going to shoot a bunch of great stuff in the next two days. If you guys want to check it out, it will eventually make its way to uh, www.skwppv.com and the lovely Jacqueline Velvet site at velvetsfantasies.com and uh, we're both really excited to work with you and I have a feeling it won't be the the last time. So, until th- fingers crossed, yes, until the next, we'll say goodnight.
1: Goodnight. Adiós guys, we love you.
0: Bye.